0: Episode 12, Tuesday after Tuesday, after Tuesday, Bobby Bronchitis here, fighting off just a wicked cult. I mean, it is brutal. We are congested. I'm a little bit woozy. I wake up, I'm woozy. I'm kind of just waddling around the living room here. Little bit of a fever on the big fellow. We're sitting at 101. But I got news for you. If there's anybody that's going to rally, okay, Bobby Bronchitis is going to turn into Big Game Bob here, episode 12. When this goes down in history, I want it to be talked about of the Michael Jordan flu games of the world, the Willis Reed game seven, New York Knicks coming out against the Lakers of the world. Just the comebacks of the century. Gutsy performances. Okay? And you know what? I got news for you. When Michael Jordan was playing the Utah Jazz, John Stockton called him with a fever. Do you think that he had to worry about any sponsorships? So with that being said, I'd like to let you know this episode here of the Brilliantly Dump Show is brought to you by Windex. Whip it, wipe it, clean. <laughs> clean it, spray it. I put that shit on everything, Windex. Michael Jordan didn't have to worry about that shit, folks. All he had to do was worry about fighting off ball screens from John Stockton and Carl Malone. He wasn't shooting mid-range jumpers saying this, this game seven is brought to you by... El Pollo Loco, when you're here, your family. Chicken. Bacon, chicken, mick. I don't know. I don't know. Bottom line is, he didn't have to worry about anything. All right? I'm scratching and clawing to give you guys episode 12 here. Once again, I'm Big Game Bob. Behind the glass. Might have to be subbed in in the second half here. You're looking at yours truly. Grace, motherfucking Ibrahim Ibrahim, welcome to the show folks, we got a good one here for you this week Ibrahim, let's jump right into this shit, shall we? went to a financial advisor this week look, when you go to a financial advisor you're the one going to them okay? I got very upset I had a lady named Terry and I gotta admit, I was out of line they, they, they look into your financials month by month. Do you know I'm spending $350 a month on omelets? On bacon avocado omelets at Factors Deli? I mean, now that I look back on it, yeah, that's fucking ludicrous. But I tried to defend everything. It's like I was arguing against poor Terry from Wells Fargo. I mean, she was just trying to help. She's like, Robbie, $350 a month on omelets is pretty ridiculous. Hey, yeah, you know what, Terry? Well, I could have got the egg whites for $3 more, but I didn't do it. Kept it simple, okay? You ever had a Factors Deli omelet? I don't think so, Terry. You're probably piping down Special K in the morning. No, I'm, I'm eating like a fucking king. She goes, yeah, I know you're eating like a king. You're spending $350 a month. And it gets kind of, like, intense. It gets heated. She's like, Robbie, that, that special Netflix membership... Eleven fifty nine a month. That's gonna hurt you in the long run. Oh yeah. All right, Terry. Well, maybe I'll just tell Jesse Pinkman. He's he's on his own. That meth lab that he's being held hostage in right now. He just lost himself a viewer. He could vend for himself. Find his way out of that. What do you think? I'm just gonna just stop watching Breaking Bad. Just these characters that I've built a bond with. Just to go tell him to kick rocks. What do you think this is, Terry? You know, it's like she's here. I came to her. You know what I mean? It's like going to AA. You got an alcohol issue. But then you try and fight and defend that a bottle of whiskey at night is actually not so bad. You're defending yourself. Poor Terry from Wells Fargo was just taking a beating from me. Just defending my Factors Deli's omelets. I'm doing my due diligence. I stormed out of there. I had enough. Didn't last a full 30 minutes with Terry, poor gal. Took a couple dumb dumb suckers on my way out and just stormed on out of there. Went and crushed another Factors Daily Omelette. Seriously though, $350 a month on omelette. I'm like, yeah, well, you know what? Some people spend that a month on Starbucks. All right, so don't patronize me here, Terry. That is fucking ludicrous. So Factors Deli, if you're wondering where Bobby Bronchitis has been, it's not just because the bronchitis. It's also Terry from Wells Fargo just gave me a fucking earful for the amount of cash I've been dropping down. On your two eggs, any style breakfast. On your make-your-own omelets. My lord. Woo! Hot bit. Start us off here. Moving on. To our sports segment here on the Brilliantly Dumb Show, Grace, this segment is a no-brainer for me. After watching the UFC fight Saturday, I said, Nate Diaz, you have earned yourself the entire goddamn sports segment here on the Brilliantly Dumb Show. My God, what a beauty this guy is. This is a guy a couple years ago I couldn't stand. I thought he was obnoxious. I thought he was cocky. I thought he was... I just didn't like him. He now is one of my favorite guys in sports. Bottom line is, he's had a very tough upbringing. And this guy is just tough as nails. I've never seen anything like it. This guy's getting his face disheveled. Okay? And he just comes right back at you. He won't go down. He will not go down to the floor. You can't bring him down doesn't matter what type of shit you're doing, jiu-jitsu, whatever it may be, you could hit this guy in the face with a fucking shovel. He's coming right back at you with the right hook. Do you remember the Conor McGregor Nate Diaz fight? The second one? Diaz won the first, lost the second, but he should have won the second simply just based on the fact that he didn't go down. This guy was having fucking toaster ovens thrown on his face. And would just pop right back up. I mean, you, the, some of the shots this guy took. Between the McGregor fights. Between the fight Saturday. He took a three year layaway. He just stopped boxing for three years. Just hopped right back into the ring. Took about 25 right hooks. 16 knee clappers. The day before the fight he was doing his workout. Fucking guy was smoking a spliffer. He went from the jump ropes, okay? Bangs out about a 20-minute jump roping session, goes into his bag, and you're watching, like, what the, where the fuck is he going? Yeah, the day before the fight, or, like, the week of the fight, all the media is out and everything. This, <laughs> this fucking asshole just pulls out a spliffer. Starts smoking a joint in the middle of the ring. It was Unbelievable. He can't put an English sentence together. His grammar is a flat out disaster. Let's call a spade a spade. But I got news for you a guy that can't put an English sentence together, that's the type of guy that scares the shit out of me. You know? I'll go dancing, you know, with a boxer that got a B in English composition. Yeah, maybe dabbled around in the dictionary a little bit. Can put a sentence together. Guy like Nate Diaz, fuck that. I ain't getting in the octagon. No way. I'll go dancing with the white boy from Kansas. I'm not going dancing with Nate Diaz. Fuck that. But Grace, if if you don't mind, could you could you play a clip of Nate Diaz speaking in like an interview or something? Here we go. This is Nate Diaz in an interview. Grace, take it away here. Hey, Dave, congrats on the win. <laughs> I'm down here to your right. <laughs> Thank you very much. No problem. Uh, so, first time back in the Octagon in three years, uh, almost a day, actually. Uh, what did it feel like in there? Was it any different? What, what, was, what was kind of going through your mind? Uh, it felt like just when I, what, where I left off and um, I just didn't really pay much attention except for just get the job done. Was, was the game plan always to, to try to get him in the clinch up against the cage? Though? No, I, I, I planned on kicking him in his face. But um, it just kind of went how it went. I didn't uh, even work any of that clinch uh, stuff. It just was like, I just I was just like, I'm either going to do all this stuff I I was drilling and, and working on, or I'm just going to get into a full-on fight with him and add that shit to it. Listen to that. You think that's the sound of a guy that gives a fuck whether or not he takes a couple hammer fists to the jugula Couple elbows to the forehead? You think he gives a fuck? And the proof is in the pudding. Listen to a Mike Tyson interview. One of the baddest motherfuckers ever to live. Guy couldn't speak for shit. That's what scares me. Guy's got nothing to lose. He walks into the ring. He doesn't give a shit. Barely knows where he is. I mean, wow. You gotta see the shots he takes to the face. I'm just watching this damn thing. I'm bleeding from the face in my living room just watching it. And he doesn't flinch. I mean, you talk about just a different breed. Nate Diaz, man. These fighters are just absolute warriors. I swear to you, if, if, if Nate Diaz walked into an octagon and a fighter just pulled out a 10 by 14 shovel out of their board shorts or whatever it is that they wear, their tights, and smacked him in the face, I, I, I think he may bleed, but I don't think he's going to go down. I think he'd be a little bit woozy, but I do not think Diaz would go down from the shovel. This guy is a different breed. He's an animal. And then, in the interview after the fight, he took a three-year he took a 3 year layaway. He just stopped fucking fighting for three years. Nobody knew where he was. They go, Nate, uh, it was Joe Rogan, actually. Joe Rogan was interviewing. He goes, Nada, uh, three years without boxing, uh... Without fighting, how did it feel to get back in there? Where were you all this time? Diaz just looks at him and goes, everybody I thought sucked. I didn't think it was time to come back. I wanted to face a guy that I could actually compete with. Everybody else sucked in the field. (laughs) Couldn't find one fucking guy in the UFC that would get him out of bed in the morning. Nate Diaz, man, hats off to you. This guy is electric. Good for the UFC. Good for the people watching, um, but if you want your kid to grow up to be an English professor, I highly recommend you stay off the Nate Diaz interviews. Nate Diaz, thank you for just taking away the sports segment. No issue with that after what I saw. While we're on the topic of the English language, I want to talk about a guy who, who has perfected it, and then some. Watching the Yankees the other day. Yankees-Orioles, whenever, especially baseball games more so than others, whenever it's a blowout and it's not that entertaining anymore, your eyes really start to wander. Hold on, folks. We got a fucking fire truck coming right behind me. Not great for the podcast here, but hope everybody's okay here in Los Angeles, California. Back to where I was. So your eyes kind of start to wander throughout the game. And you start to think about pretty ridiculous shit, and I noticed, now the Yankees have a translator in their dugout. Little Asian fella, okay, his name is Shing Ho Hori. Did not know that, had to look it up. Not that big of a Yankee fan to know the translator's name, but uh, Shing Ho is the Yankees' clubhouse translator, but it's not just for one language. So I think he's Asian, and he follows Masahiro Tanaka around. And, you know, he does his post-game conferences with him. He translates from player to player. But I got news for you. Shing Ho doesn't stop there. Because next thing you know, Luis Severino, Dominican fella, was being interviewed, and guess who was right there beside him? Shing Hoi Hori. Shing Hoi knows... Spanish, English, Japanese. I mean, he he translates for everybody. So this guy's just bouncing player to player, translating. He's a huge part to the team. I mean, you could talk about a guy having an impact without stepping on the field. I I think we're talking about Ho Hori. So he translates for the Latin players, the Japanese players... I think they may have a Brazilian player, speaks Portuguese, he does that too. Xing Ho, Shing Xing Ho. This guy does it all. Holy shit. Now, it made me wonder though, Gary Sanchez, he doesn't really speak English yet, so if Gary wants to talk to Masahiro... And at the same time, let's say Miguel Duhar wants to talk to Aaron Judge, what if Ho is already there with Gary? You know? And, and he's relaying that conversation. In that sense, does Aaron Judge get upset that Ho is spending more time with Gary Sanchez and not him for Aaron Judge's conversations? Do you know what I mean? Like, if that makes any sense, like, if I want to talk to Gleyber Torres, do I have to wait to get a hold of Xinhui? Sorry, Sorry, it. it's Shing Ho, Shing Ho Hori. Do I have to wait till Shing Ho is available? And then with that being said, do you think one of them has had to talk with him? Like, look, Shing Ho, you've really been leaving me to dry here. I've been trying to talk with Gary Sanchez behind the plate all day, but you're just hugging Masahiro. You got to be more fair with me, okay? Like, poor Shingho has to do it all. So if there's any beef in the clubhouse, that beef cannot be resolved. If you don't speak English and you got to beef with somebody, that beef ain't getting resolved till Shingho is available. And that could be concerning come postseason time. Little more downtime in the regular season, postseason things come at you fast. Lord I hope Shing Ho is ready. Hats off to the guy. He speaks like eight different languages. It's pretty but it really is. It's pretty impressive. People are just evolving today, you know? Now the Yankees don't have to pay for five different translators. They could guy they could have guys come from Scotland. Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Spain, Brazil, Kentucky. Don't matter. ho has got you covered. <laughs> this guy's unbelievable. Keeping the Yankees afloat, one translation at a time. All right, folks, between Nate Diaz and Shing Ho I think that does it here for our sports segment. Grace, moving on tell you, Grace, I, I used to be so high on Trader Joe's. I'm at the point now, I don't know if I love them or if I hate them. I really don't. I've done a bit before where, where you walk in there, and these guys, I, I don't know what they get paid an hour, but the Trader Joe's employees, they are just fired the fuck up. I, I would love to compare the Chick-fil-A training process to the Trader Joe's training process because these guys are top of the line. I asked for help. I just wanted to find the bananas. I found the bananas, but, but they, they they walk with you the rest of your experience. They kind of chaperone your, your shopping experience. I had this fucking guy, Alan. He was fantastic. They kind of like upsell you on the groceries too. I bought five different types of avocado chips. You would only think there's like two avocado chips out there in the U.S. This guy sold me on five. I was buying bottles of wine that I couldn't even pronounce. They, they match up your wine. This guy paired a curry dish, an Indian frozen curry dish, to a bottle of wine. And I did it. I fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. No doubt about it. I mean, the the, the customer service is just second to none. They give you free coffee in there. I was doing rainbow sherbet samples. I smelled like a fucking waffle cone by the time I got to aisle nine. But the problem with Trader Joe's is I didn't know that it's it's their own brand. So, you know, it took me 20 minutes to find cream cheese. They're so stubborn that they won't do anything but their brand. Like, you can't even put just a Lay's potato chips, just throw it in there. We get your Trader Joe's. I said, Alan, where are the Cheerios? He goes, Cheerios? He goes, yeah, you mean Trader Joe's? I said, I'm sorry, Alan, what? He goes, yeah, Trader Jurios. I said, no, 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 no. Ch- Cheerios. You know, the, the, the brand that's been around since 1938, Cheerios. No such thing, boss, says Alan. Let me show you over to our Trader jurios They're, they're, they're like Trader-Os. They call them Trader Cheerios. It's the same fucking thing. I mean, how obnoxious is that? I said, Alan, if you weren't here right now, I'd be looking for those jurios for a good 50 minutes. He goes, that may be correct, sir, but I am here. I said, Alan, now you're starting to fucking piss me off, okay? I got three shopping carts in my hand because you upsold me on avocado chips. Let's call a spade a spade, okay? I walked in there at 1 p.m. I came out, the sun was down. I was talking shopping, shooting the shit over groceries with Alan all day. Him and his Hawaiian shirt. You know, they kind of. I, I, I walked out, I came back, I was exhausted. Friend's like, you want to do something? It's like, no, 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 I really can't right now. I just went to Trader Joe's. I am fucking exhausted. He goes, yeah, you must have saw Allen. You betcha. You betcha. But I do have avocado chips if you want to come over. Five different brands. Goes real nice with a cab and a curry dish that I got here. A little shimi shimi curry. It's got a little kick to it. Trader Joe's. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I love them or I hate them. Undecided. Anywho, moving on, everybody's favorite segment, my lord, I could hear the drum rolls coming from the top of your stereos, let it rip, Miss Grace Abraham, if we could trouble you here just for a little bit of a drum roll, please, it's the Aspen. Segment. Every week, I have you fine folks just dial in question after question for what we call the Ask Bob Segment. If you aren't on board by episode 12 now, get on board. Because the Ask Bob Segment is always buzzing here on the Bill and the Dumb Show. First question's coming in from Danny Wilcox of East Meadow, Long Island. Very familiar, Wilcox. Danny Wilcox, friend of the pod. Wilcox asked Bob, "What's one thing you have on the West Coast that the East Coast should have?" Not a bad question, there, Wilcox. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna exclude In-N-Out Burger because I think that's just such an obvious answer. In-N-Out is just it's very good, but it's chaos every time you go there. It gets I've never walked through or or, or drove by it. In-N-Out. Where the line wasn't six football fields deep. At times it backs up traffic. You don't know if somebody just got into a fender bender or if In-N-Out just opened for the day. I mean they are always just swarmed. Even on like the local radio stations. They'll be like, yeah, no accidents on the freeway. However, In-N-Out Burger just opened so be prepared for an absolute shitstorm. Driving down the highway this afternoon I mean, it's a zoo Uh, But to answer your question, Wilcox I gotta go with They got these things in LA uh, Called birds Not an actual bird They're birds And what you do is you It's a fucking scooter And you hop on one of these suckers And you connect it through the app Although everything's connected through an app now You can't brew a cup of coffee Without being connected through an app you got you to gotta download the brew app. But you connect it and you go on this damn scooter and it just revs up. These things got some freaking giddy up, man. And they're all over. You just hop on and go. I mean, you can get from point A to point B fast. You put these suckers in New York City. Your death rate will, will up by 150% because people are just violent on these things. But the subway would be out of business. It's, I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. We went into Santa Monica one time and had brunch. One of those boozing brunches you just get all types of loaded up on uh, bottomless mimosas. So I just crushed an eggs Benedict and like seven glasses of mimosas and then we all went out. It was about ten of us. These scooters are everywhere. We hopped on these to go to the next bar. Felt like we were filming Fast and the Furious. I I was just I was in the zone. You're swerving in and out of traffic. I'm watching cold cuts in front of me just grooving down Santa Monica Boulevard. Flying in and out of people. It is so much fun. So dangerous. I'm not going to lie. So dangerous. But so much damn fun. And then, you know, when you're done with it, you just leave it where it is. And I always wondered, after you drop the scooter, who's the one picking it up? Turns out they have what's called bird retrievers. And anybody can sign up to be a bird retriever. So as soon as sun comes down, you'll just see guys going up on their pickup trucks, just loading these things back into the bed of their trucks. And the problem is, too, they don't wear any type of special uniforms or anything. You just you sign up with the bird app to be a bird retriever. So I saw one guy picking up a bird right by me by like 6 o'clock. I called the cops. I thought this bastard was just stealing birds. 911, how may I assist you? Yeah, I got a guy. Uh, he's taking birds here on Pico Boulevard. He's headed south towards La Cienega. They're like, are you sure it's not a bird retriever? Like, what the fuck is a bird retriever? Yeah, they're, they're, they're bird retrievers. They go home and they're they're in charge of picking these things up, charging them, and then placing them outside in the morning. Imagine your husband's coming home. Is it just like a big garage you have? A big warehouse where you just charge these bastards up? Oh, kids, here comes Uncle Johnny. Looks like he got himself a lot of birds today. There's scooters just falling all over in the, the, his trunk. His back seat. Charge him up, charge him up, charge him up, kids. Here he comes. You didn't get groceries, but your dad is a bird retriever. You bring them home, you charge them up, and then you place them out there accordingly. These guys make pretty good money from what I hear. But you got to give them some type of uniform so you don't think they're just stealing these things. Should have seen what these guys were wearing. No wonder I called the cops. I'm going to take my bird. That's an important piece of transportation here around Santa Monica. I don't do bottomless mimosas anymore unless there's birds involved. So I hope that uh, answers your question there, Wilcox. Hopefully you see one of those things in Long Island, New York sometime soon. Recipe for a disaster out there, but shit, why not? I wouldn't be surprised. All right, folks. Well, that just about wraps it up here for the Brilliantly Dumb Show. As always, thank you for being a part of this. I think Grace has one more clip of Nate Diaz trying to speak English before we close this thing down Without a doubt, one of my favorite athletes in sport right now, Nate Diaz. And when you look back on the record books, remember, the MJ flu game, Willis Reed coming back for game seven against the Lakers with a broken leg or whatever it is that he had, and then big game Bob, Bobby Bronchitis battling off the wicked told in episode 12. Write it down. They'll be talking about it for a long time. You know one more thing else that they're going to be talking about for a long time, Grace? This company is here to stay. Windex. Whip it. Wipe it. Clean it. Spray it. I put that shit on everything. Folks, we will see you next week. Episode 13, I'll have a fresh set of lungs and I'll be ready to just fire away. I'm Big Game Bob, behind the glass, Grace Abraham, we thank you as always. We will see you next week on the Brilliantly Dumb Show. Like, subscribe, comment, do whatever you gotta do to keep this ship rolling. Take care, folks. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. I um.